Well, welcome back, everybody. On this week's show, we're talking about the forerunner uh, coming from John chapter 1. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus as the voice crying out in the wilderness to make straight the way of the Lord. But do you also realize that we're forerunners also? Not just for our family, but for those who are among us that we don't know and others don't know. But stay tuned because we're going to break it down. It's the Terms of Your Surrender. Let's go. You're listening to The Terms of Your Surrender, a show that focuses on empowering, encouraging, and edifying people to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Micah 6.8. And now, here's your host, Quentin Green. Welcome back to The Terms of Your Surrender podcast. I am your host, Quentin Green. Uh, You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. I don't know where you are, but it is raining here. But I thank the Lord for the rain. And also thank the Lord for the lesson this week, talking about the forerunners. Um, As we talked about in our pre-roll, we talked about that, you know, John was the forerunner for Jesus, but that we are also forerunners. That we are here to lay uh, the foundation for those who are coming after us. Uh, Many of us have taken that and run with it. Others of us have kind of fallen off, but it's never too late to to set things right. But we have to realize that um, every decision that we make has a soul attached to it. And that's a very important thing that um, I've come to realize over the years. And every, every decision I make affects my family. It affects my marriage. It affects my relationship with my kids, my work, whatever it is. And so we have to have that same approach because we are here as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And if we're going to represent Jesus in a way that's um, pleasing to him, in a way that gives God glory, we have to realize that what we're leaving behind has to go on for generations and generations. But here's our lesson. We'll get into that more. Stay tuned. All right, let us pray. Wise and eternal God, we thank you once again for allowing us to be back into your house, into your presence, to a place where your name resides one more time. We thank you for our life, health, and strength, Father. We thank you for protecting us from danger, seen and unseen. Lord, we ask that you will forgive us for any sins that we committed. Lord, we ask that you would decrease us, increase you, so that we may live better, walk better, talk better, serve better, and witness better than we ever have before. Bless those who are here, those that had desire to be here and couldn't. Those who will be watching, those who will be listening, and those who will be sharing this with those they love and um, care for. And Father, we just thank you once again for this. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, I know the last couple of weeks we've been talking about prayer, but this is actually a lesson that the Lord has put on my heart for a couple of weeks. Talking about the forerunner. And we're going to be coming from John verses, John chapter 1, verses 18 through 34. And, you know, as I was sitting back thinking about life and thinking about where I am and I thank the Lord I am in a position I am, even though, you know, I'm not a finished product and in no way is it finished. But I thank the Lord because it's better than what I was years ago. But I got back to thinking about when I was younger and saying, well, if if I would have been exposed to more things, to more information, would life be better now than it was? Like, because when I came up, I mean, we had people that we got, you know, work and we learned about work ethic ethic and things like that. But 
as far as like finances and travel and things like that, I really didn't have anybody around that um, I knew that did that or anyone who was willing to share that information. You know, you get a lot more of that now because Internet has um, blown up and you can get information from anywhere if you're willing to go hunt for it. And there are people who are willing to give it to you. But even during career days, we had people we didn't um, that had different careers they were doing, but no one actually sat down with us to teach us how to do things and what to look for. And, hey, you want to make sure you're doing this when you start getting your money and preparing for this and preparing for that. And so just thinking about that, say, if even if I didn't want to hear it, I wanted to be exposed to it because it takes away every excuse from me to say, well, we didn't nobody try to tell me. Well, if you had somebody there, say you can make your decisions, but don't say we tried to tell you and you didn't want to listen. So thinking about this um, lesson, as John is the forerunner of Jesus and that John was here, the voice in the wilderness to proclaim that the Lord was coming and telling people to make their way straight, that he was giving them the precursor to He was saying that, hey, the Lord's here. So it's not like he just sprung up on you and you didn't know. But he was pretty much here laying, um, clearing the path to for the one who was, um, he said that was coming after him that was preferred over him. And so I thought about that and thought about how, you know, kids are coming up and our generation is coming down and that the people who may be coming after us may go on to do greater things than we do. And how important is it that we're here to lay that foundation and teach them and mature them and, and nurture them and making sure they have all the information that they have or that they need and making sure that they can get the um, exposure and the ability to experience those things to help them so that they that way they can pass it on and hopefully we can make the next generation better than this one but uh we'll get into our lesson then we'll break it down a little bit more uh, john chapter 1 verses 8 starting at verse 18 and it, and it reads no one has seen god at any time the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father he has declared him now this 19 is the testimony of john when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. These things were done at Beth Barah, beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but he did, but he should be revealed to Israel. 
Therefore, therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Amen. And so going back to 18, um, well, we're going back from the beginning. We'll start at verse 19. That you know, These early chapters is that John is telling why he's here and that he's the forerunner um, for Jesus. And in 19, that we see that Jews, priests, and Levites from Jerusalem came and asked him, who are you? Now, that's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. You know, who, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, hey, I'm not Christ. They asked him, are you Elijah? Uh, he said, no, I'm not. Now, they're asking them these things because in Scripture we see that, um, you know, Scripture tells us that Elijah has come. And then they asked him if he's a prophet, and that's coming from Malachi, which talks about the prophet coming. And so they're asking him, so are you Jesus? Are you the Messiah? I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. And I'm not the prophet. And so he answers no. And then they said to him, then who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? Now, you can go on preaching about that because what do you say about yourself? Some people have positive things and some people have negative things because it's all about perception. But who do you say about yourself? I mean, what do you say about yourself? But one more importantly is what does God say about you? Now, that is the one thing that you can hang your hat on. That's the thing that you can live up to is that it doesn't matter what I say about me, even though I want to speak well and I want to speak ill of myself. But if God is saying, what is God saying about me? Now, we really we see in the Bible that people didn't even know they were prophets. And God was the one that told other people, say, hey, this is my prophet. This is my this. This is my that. Now, if God has good things to speak about you, you're doing pretty, you're doing pretty all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. But he, t- he lets them know. He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So he lets them know who he is. I'm just someone here telling you to make straight, make your way straight in the way of the Lord. Now, those who were sent were from the Pharisees. So, you know, more people are coming to see who John is and what's going on. And they asked him, saying, why do you baptize then, and this is verse 25, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Now, John said, answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. So let me go back to 25. He says, well, if you're not the Messiah, you're not Elijah, you're not the prophet, then why are you doing what you're doing? Understand that you don't need a position, you don't need a title to do um, the work of the Lord. Because really, John, all John is doing is being a servant. He's just doing what he's told to do. Many of us have that same, um, that same opportunity if we would just walk upright in the way of the Lord. You don't have to have that. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to be in a pulpit. You don't have to be in a, a 20,000-seat stadium to do what you're supposed to do or do what the Lord wants you to do because that's all we're doing is just being a good servant. And when you're serving and you're walking upright within the ways of the Lord, people will look at you and they'll ask you, like, hey, are you a prophet? Or, I mean, are you a preacher? Are you this? Are you that? I mean, it's, it's happened to me before. Not that I'm out here trying to portray myself as one, but, hey, if you look like Jesus and you're doing the work and, and some people, 
even you may even go somewhere and they don't even know you never seen you and they can look at you and they'll ask you because you just look like someone who would do that. Well, praise God. I hope we all look like we would serve God and look like we would be someone that they can come and get um, prayer and get word and get and get to know who the father is through us. But just realize you don't have to have that to do that. But most people will ask you, well, if you're not doing if you're not that, then why are you doing this? Because it needs to be done. Same way, like if you see someone who needs um, Jesus and they need to hear about the, the Lord, you don't go wait for a missionary or somebody to do it. You do it yourself. That's why you're here. You don't have to have the title to do it. Uh, Paul told Timothy, said, do the work of an evangelist. But if an evangelist comes, then you let them, they can come in, step in and, and take over. But if there's not one on the scene, you be what's needed. Allow the Lord to work through you to meet the needs of the time, to meet the needs of people who are here. And so uh, he comes back and he says, okay, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. And 27, it is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. Now, while we're here and we talked about earlier, we're setting, setting the stage that we're here as the forerunner. That means we are here proclaiming uh, what's going on. We're here to um, to advertise or make the way for one of those who are coming after us. But also another word I want you to put to this is inheritance, which means when you get an inheritance from someone, it's something that you didn't work for, you didn't earn, but it's based off the work that someone else did that you're going to get the benefit off of. And so most times we think about money when we think about inheritance, but I want you to think deeper than that. Think about uh Think about standards you're setting. Think about values. Think about joy that you're giving. Think about the stress and the pain that you're leaving behind also. Because a lot of people are leaving. You're all, I mean, think of it like this. No matter what you're doing, you're going to leave something. Just, you're going to always have something that you're passing down from generation to generation. So it can be good things. It can be bad things. It's just up to you. You know, you can leave money. There's a lot of people that left money, but they didn't have family time they didn't have that relationship with parents because parents were working all the time or if they were around it was abusive relationships so and that thing so they pass that down to their children if they're not careful so or think about you do have a relationship with your parents but then they do something and you catching the brunt of it because you know people start associating things like if if you were like this then if your parents were like this then you must be like that too and that's not true and so we have to be careful about what we're exposing our kids to and more importantly, what we're exposing ourselves to, because all that stuff gets trickled down from generation to generation. I mean, if you think about um, I was looking at last week about the I think it was epigenetic epigenetics about how stress can change, you know, cells in, over time, just like uh, survivors of the Holocaust, that their DNA changes because of the stress and trauma they went to. Same thing with slavery. Your stress, your body changes because of the stress and trauma that you go through. It gets passed down. That's what people inherit from it, even though they didn't earn it, they didn't experience it, they didn't do anything to, to get it, but yet and still, they're still the recipient of it, and it's affecting their day-to-day -day lives. It affects how they uh, perceive relationships. It might affect if you're shy. It might affect if you're bold or how you think about certain things and that's why I say what we're going through and what things we're doing we have to be careful of we can only control what we control now we can't be responsible for what other people do but we can't be responsible about how it affects us
And so that's the thing we have to realize about for those who are coming after us, because we never know who in our bloodline or who are in our neighborhood that the Lord wants to use us to impart into and who in the Lord may use that person and uplift them, exalt them to where they may go on to be greater than what we are. Let's say you may preach to a lot of people. They may go on to preach to millions, but it, it, they may have got that foundation from what they seen from us, from the conversations and looking and seeing how we treat people, how we talk to people, how we handle situations. That's the thing we have to be really mindful of, because once again, it inherit people inherit that because they're looking at us to see not if you just really are what you say you are. But a lot of times people are looking for a direction to see, OK, that's how he handled it in this situation or that's how she handled it in this situation. And so I should do the same thing, especially if you're someone who lives prosperous and the Lord is blessing and and, you know, you have cars and you have houses and you have money and stuff. But you treat people wrong. People say, well, look at what they're doing. They treat people any way they want to and look and look, and look what they have. And a lot of people get caught up in that. So remember, just because somebody has a lot of blessings don't mean they're doing the right thing. If it's. If you look at things they're doing and you're uneasy with it, you be yourself. You stay stick to what the Lord tells tells you. Stick to what Jesus does. If you follow, if you do and handle things the exact way Jesus did, you won't go wrong. Now, people may treat you wrong and treat you bad, but you'll never go wrong in the eyes of God. And so, and so, thirty-one. He said, "I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water." So he came setting the stage for Jesus to come through. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So the Lord already gave him instructions about why he's baptizing in the one who you see my spirit come upon. This is the one you're waiting on. And this is the one you've been preparing the way for. And so and he and he lets them know I have seen in 34 and I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus, he walked and he said, behold, the lamb of God. OK, I read past what I was saying, but. Too much words, not going to kill you. But understanding that what John did, that John was just doing what he was here to do. And one, also one more thing I want you to point out, want to point out about in verse 30, who he said, a man who's preferred before me. John didn't get in his feelings about someone else coming who was going to be greater than he, what he was. Now, how many people in churches or family and things that are, you know, siblings that may go on to be greater than what we are? Or, or if you're in church and you're preaching, but someone in your congregation or someone who's under your ministerial staff, the Lord exalts them to be a greater than what you are. How many people get jealous and how many people get envious of them? But John never did that. John understood his role. John understood what he was here for and understand that the one who's preferred before me, I'm not worthy of this man. But yet still, he's doing the work of God and he's not he's not big headed. He's humble. He understands his position and what he's doing. We have to do the same thing because, like I said, kids, our kids may grow up to be greater than what we are. I can't be jealous of my son or my daughter because he or she goes on to do bigger and better things. But there are parents out here like that. They're envious of their children because they got to live lives that they didn't. Well, I'm 
you know, like I say, I'm sorry those things didn't happen, but hey, we're supposed to we're supposed to prepare the next generation to be better than what we were. Now, I can't help the the things that happened to you and the decisions that you made if you had opportunity to go to school but you got pregnant i mean you still can go to school now or you dropped out because it wasn't for you and you wanted to work or you had to help family out those things are fine all those decisions we made but understand it was not just made for you it was made for the betterment of those who um are with our family or with our organizations that now but also for those who are coming after us because think about this, if we're doing our great relationships with the kids and we're teaching them right and teaching them to be, you know, integrity and things like that, that hopefully they have the personality where you may not have got to experience that in your own life, at your own work. But pray your kids get to a point where you get to experience because of their work. Because like Bob said, your later days should be greater than your earlier days. And if we're doing things right and we're raising up our kids to, to where they're be compassionate and love people and, and care for people and, and we're teaching them to honor their mother and father things, you don't get put into a position to where you're going to be envious of them because you're going to get to reap and enjoy the benefits of what they're doing. But that's what we have to do. Now, it, does, it doesn't go that way for everybody, I understand. But all you can do is raise them up in the way they're supposed to go. You train them up in the way they're supposed to go. We keep them exposed to the word of God, to the will of God, and we live it in our own lives and let it reciprocate down to them. Let them inherit our work ethic, they inherit our care for people, and we watch that seed grow in their lives. And that way, when they come back to us, we have that great relationship. They'll do, we'll get to experience and their success, and we'll also be there for the times they um, fail and they need that shoulder to cry on or that person to talk to that we're here also. And so that way they can duplicate that in their families and their friends, and it just keeps on. It's a cycle, a revolving cycle. So like I said, we don't want to be like how uh, the nation of Israel was in Joshua, where it says that there was a generation that didn't know God because the generation before didn't take the time to teach them the importance of worshiping God and keeping the word and keeping his, his statutes, his will, his uh, finding out what his ways are and praising him. And why do we do this and how the Lord loves us? They didn't get taught that. And so it said that generation came up and did all kind of evil on the side of the Lord. And we have some of that now because if it wasn't taught to us, you can't teach what you don't know. And if it was taught to us, we didn't think it was important enough to go through our families with it because we didn't realize the importance of it. So that's why we're going back to what I talked about earlier. If you have that knowledge, if you have those experiences that we have to come back and at least let people know, they can make their own decisions. But I don't, like I said, let's take away the avenue of, well, nobody tried to tell me. Let's take that away. We're going to tell everybody that we need to know. Start within your family and work, you know, work your way out. Because this is something too important to hold to ourselves. It's too important to do go on and make our money and go and have all our kind of success and don't come back and share it with those who are coming after us who came from the same neighborhoods as us to let them know that, hey, it may take some work. But guess what? I did this and I had to fight through you know, whatever discriminations and whatever hurdles or whatever you want to call it to get here. You can do the same thing, and you can also take this further than what I've done if you're willing to put the work and put, and put your effort in, in yourself into it. That's what we owe the people. That's what it is to be the forerunner. We have to come and make the way to set them up so when their kids get here, so when they get here in our ministries or whatever, 
we can show them the pitfalls. Okay, this is what I learned from doing this. This is what I learned from doing that. And then they see it and that they avoid it. They can avoid a lot of the headaches that we had to go through. Somebody's going to have to take the headaches and the pain in order for other people to know what the blueprint is. You know, just like church, somebody's going to have to, you know, take some members leave. You don't get upset because they leave. You, the thing you should be worried about is did we lay a foundation great enough in them to where they won't go somewhere and get deceived or get taken advantage of? That's the thing. That's things I worry about. Even though I'm not in that position, but I think like that because that's how I'm being I'm being t- I'm being taught to where it's not about you leaving because I'm supposed to train you up to send you out anyway. You're not supposed to get trained up to stay in church. Let me say that again. You're not trained up to stay in the church. You're trained up to go outside the church and ex- and um, fulfill the will of God. You just come here for training. You go outside and um, to exercise what you learn. And so that way the Lord can pick you up and move you here and there where he needs to. But we just want to make sure that you have a proper foundation. So I can't get, so don't get jealous because people are leaving. And that's when you say some immaturity when, oh, well, they were leaving this and they were a good tie payer. Well, then you was in it for the wrong reason. If that's the reason you upset other than, you know, their friendship and, man, I'm really praying for them because I really pray that whoever they go to, whoever they go up under or the next episode that they that they're along, they're with somebody that loves the Lord and don't want to steer them wrong. And a lot, of, and a lot of people have to check themselves because a lot of people get upset because of that, because of what they used to do and the things they used to cook and all that stuff. And now they don't get it no more. Get your, you got your priorities off. But we are forerunners. We are here to not only proclaim the way of the Lord, to make tell people to make the way straight, but we're also here to prepare the way for our families, to prepare the way for our communities, to let them know that our experiences don't just stop with us, that you can build on top of that. It's a stepping stone. You step on everything I've done, combine it with what you know, you know twice You know twice what I know. And now you take that and you share that knowledge with the next generation and we keep it going and going and the next, and all the generations not only get better, but we also keep generations that don't forget about the Lord also. Amen. Well, that's a lesson. Um, short lesson, but important nonetheless. And I really pray that we take this to heart. And because change starts with us. If we want to change what's around us, we have to change first. Everything that happens to us has to change on the inside of us. And that way it can manifest itself on the outside. So if your relationships are bad, realize that, hey, every decision you make has a soul attached to it. Your relationships, if your relationships are bad with your kids, change up. Stop being nasty with your kids and start being encouraging. It'll take time. Your relationship is bad with your parents. It'll take time. But when you change, you'll see that everything will change around you. And some people will change faster than others. But you keep, you keep at it. You don't stop because they're not responding to it in the first week or the second week. You keep showing love. You keep showing that change in them. And eventually it's going to crack because they can't stay that way. Now, if they want to stay that way, that's fine. You just, you know, you've done all you can. But you don't stop showing love. You don't stop showing kindness. You don't stop showing concern. You don't stop showing those things because, once again, we don't know who's looking at us and who's getting encouraged because of what we're going through and the struggles that they see us going with. Okay? All right. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this lesson. I thank you for allowing us to be together one more time, just not to find a robbery to come and learn about you and share in your word that to that can improve our lives and the lives of those around us also. Father, we thank you for our life, health, and strength. We thank you once again for protecting us from danger seen and unseen. Lord, we ask that you will forgive us for any sins that we committed. We thank you once again for reminding us and refreshing us about our job as forerunners, about us being here to prepare the way for those after us and also to proclaim um, your goodness, Father, to proclaim the way of the Lord, to let them know that Jesus is at hand, that Jesus is coming back soon, and also to prepare our families as if they're going to be here for the next thousand years, to where not just our finances, but just the way our principles, how we treat each other, how we love each other, how we love our spouses, how we love our baby mamas and baby daddies, not just getting talking bad about them because we're not with them, but understanding that all of this stuff plays um, plays a part in the development of our kids and our fa- in the family dynamic. Whether you live in the same house or you don't, it plays a part, and we just want to change mindsets and change hearts to let us know that every decision we make has a soul attached to it. It's not just about us. We can't keep going through life thinking it's about us and letting our kids pay the penalty for our feelings and our mistakes. We have to set things right. We have to set the example. And, Father, we thank you that you give us the not only the revelation, but you give us the life and the breath and the ability to change those situations every day, Father God. Lord, we just thank you for being um, the comforter and the healer that you are. We ask that you would touch those families who are sick and bereavement, Lord, those families who are recovering from this COVID-19. We pray for those families who are unemployed. We just ask that you continue to meet the need. They may not have a job, but they may not be able to find a job right now, but you can find hearts of those around you, around them, Father God, that you can touch and bless and make sure that their needs are met and touch the hearts of those that may um, own complexes they live in, own mortgages and things that, you know, they're trying to put them out to where your mercy, your favor will override the greed that's in their hearts, Father God, and that you will let them stay in those places. Or if you remove them, that you're going to move them into a better place, Father God, because that's the kind of God you are. That's the kind of God you've proven to be time and time again. And, Father, we praise you for it, not just for that, but because you love us and you loved us first, Father God, and we thank you. Lord, we ask that you would bless us indeed in larger territory, that your hand would be with us to keep us from evil so we don't cause pain. Lord, you bless us. You keep us. You shine your face upon us. You're gracious unto us. You lift your countenance upon us, and you give us peace. So, Lord, we invite you to rise up to let your enemies be scattered, and let those that hate you flee before you. Amen? Amen. Okay. Uh, Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for listening. Um, If you have subscribed, subscribe. Stay tuned. Uh, More to come. More to wait. More willing. But I really hope this was um, a blessing and encouragement to you. Uh, Share this with anyone you come across. And remember, you are here. You're the forerunner. So you are here to make those ways straight. You're here to set the standard for not only your family, but for yourself as well. Take care. God bless.